You're listening to Grow Yourself Up, a weekly mental health podcast hosted by Kath Cunahan. I'm a psychotherapist, writer, and speaker working in private practice in London. I specialize in the impact of our own childhood on our parenting and how we can heal and integrate our childhood trauma, wounding, and stress so that we can inhabit our full adult selves. Join us each week as we talk about all things growing ourselves up, how we can tend to ourselves in our parenting, generational healing, and overcoming the impacts of childhood trauma. Together, we will become more self-compassionate, connected, authentic, resilient, and heart-centered, so we can live our own full and beautiful lives. As a listener of this podcast, you're welcome to come over and join the Facebook group. So search on Facebook for Grow Yourself Up. It's a private Facebook group of all the listeners. And did you know there are journal prompts that go along with every episode? So sign up for the journal prompts on kathcunahan.com or go to my Instagram, kathcunahan, and sign up at the link in the bio there. And you will get my newsletter, Nurture, Heal, Grow, which contains all the journal prompts. Looking forward to seeing you in the Facebook group. The podcast is produced each week by the wonderful Audio Cafe. Thanks for being here. Hello, it's episode 43 of Grow Yourself Up, and we're going to focus on all things shifting patterns, breaking cycles, and changing things in our in our lives, our own lives, and in our families, because breaking cycles also really applies to the way that we treat ourselves and shifting patterns of um, of self-relation. And, um, you know, we learn how to relate to ourselves based on what is modeled in our and our family of origin growing up. And so um, we really need, as part of our own um, sort of shift and, and breaking cycles and wanting to parent our children differently, parenting ourselves differently is such a huge part of this, um, to really embody self-kindness, self-compassion, um, and acknowledging our feelings without constantly criticizing ourselves. Let's have a look at some of the, um, you know, the nuance around this. So today, in this episode, I want to talk about occupying this position of being the person in the family who wants to break cycles of dysfunction, pain, trauma, wounding, stress in your family to parent differently to how you were parented. Many of us make that decision to parent differently to how we were parented um, because of the childhood we had. And that's actually a quite a complicated position to occupy because when we ourselves have grown up in a dysfunctional family, so we didn't have our t- needs met, um, maybe we had some sort of childhood trauma, just a kind of a general sense of we didn't get what we needed in childhood, we can then um, feel that we need to do it all like 100% perfectly for our children. And that's kind of a, a difficult position to occupy. Well, first of all, that's impossible. Um, also because a lot of the, the residue of the trauma uh, lives in our body. And there's actually many reasons why it's, apart from the fact it's not possible to parent perfectly, why it's not useful to do that. So I want to kind of respond to all of these different emotional challenges in this episode and um, really share some of what I see and some of what I experience um, around this. So often on social media, um, this is called being a cycle breaker because we want to break cycles in our family. 
I think the idea of breaking cycles is way too um, much pressure because for 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 many of us, there's um, intergenerational trauma that's coming from many generations before us um, that we're holding in our physiology often. And um, we cannot break cycles in one generation. I prefer to think of shifting cycles or shifting patterns, shifting cycles and um, shifting patterns because the idea that we can shift everything or break something in one generation is is not possible. It's way, way, way too much pressure for a start. Secondly, because of what is often lodged in our nervous systems, we will tend to struggle in some of the same ways our parents may have struggled with in terms of our own regulation. And so we've already visited that upon our children. I think what's really important to draw attention to is that there are so many ways in which we shift patterns and uh, break cycles or shift cycles because, um, you know, in, in families, there are um, kind of what might be considered the big things like not using um, uh, threats of violence um, to discipline. So, for example, not saying I'm going to hit you, I'm going to beat you or I'm going to smack you. Um, that's a really big thing I I personally think it's really important for children to grow up in a, in a physically and emotionally safe environment without the threat of um, being smacked or hit. And I was hit as a child, and I know many of you would be. That's very standard practice um, from parenting in like the 80s and 90s. And indeed, it's still done today. So there's that. That's like a, a big one. There's the one around validating feelings. So many of us just grew up with kind of no access to our feelings, um, no kind of guidance around the fact that feelings are electrical impulses in our body. They, they, they're guiding us. They're giving us information. They need to be listened to as a guide to live our life, live our lives. Um, and um, that, that even as children, we are important. We are not lesser people because we're children. We don't just like not have an opinion or we, our needs and our views are not um, unimportant because we're a child. Whereas many of us learned exactly that, that um, like push up and shut up or um, some version of um, children should be seen and not heard. And that applied to, to uh, like on many levels um, on some level, it was you're young, therefore you're not important. And that's, so that's a huge one, um, to, to shift. And then there's many other, um, and, and, you know, you get to pick in your family what feels most important for you around shifting patterns. But there's also like, um, things like diet culture in your family. Um, did you watch your mother or your father, um, or the other adults around you? Uh, constantly um, beating up about themselves, about their body, constantly dieting, constantly restricting, constantly either maybe um, doing sort of anorexic restricting or um, swinging between more kind of um, binge type of eating. Perhaps your mother even taught you about bulimia. That happens in some families where we, um, you know, vomiting is seen as a way to to manage um uh, like overeating or as a way to try and maintain a certain body weight or figure. And so I think food is a huge area where breaking cycles is really, really, really powerful to, to try and have a more neutral, loving relationship with our body and with food. 
this is a really like nuanced area and there's, there's so much kind of richness in all of this. Um, there's, there's richness in the way, you know, if you learn to tend to your own body and listen, so as an adult and listen to what she's telling you, um, you know, if, if, um, someone asks you to do something and you can really feel your stomach crunching and a slight tightness in your chest, that's something around your sensation saying no. If you can learn to listen to that for yourself, you can translate that you know, you can help your children with that so that they grow up with an embodied sense of, um, of like a guide. Cause we all have that inner guide in our, like our, our body, our sensations are our guide to how to live. But so many of us are completely disconnected and cut off from that. Um, so really like take this, 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 um, episode as an invitation to ponder like gently in all the ways. And, and this is also why, um, it's impossible to break everything because we have new, um, realizations and we become aware of new things as we deepen in our own journey. And so, um, you know, you just can't eradicate everything. I firmly believe that. And coming from a place of a strong self-criticism, like angle, will mean you think you need to do that. And if we shift into a more self-compassionate position, we know that this is an ongoing cycle, including our children too. So as you listen to this episode, please hold this kind of nuance in mind. So let's back up a little bit. When you get into parenting and you have not had your needs met, you are often very keenly aware of that and may have read a lot of parenting books and be um, really clear about how you want to be there for your child and really respond to your child and give them a different um, experience to the one that you had. And what actually often happens is that we feel we need to parent perfectly. So like we're always going to be present for their feelings. We're going to pick them up every time they're quiet. We're going to protect them from things that feel painful or hurtful. We're going to um, always be there to soothe them. We'll be as quick as we can with the feeding so that there's not a lot of distress that's shown. We're going to respond to every need. We're not going to let them be cared for by anyone else. And that can be very, um, first of all, perfectionism generally leads to burnout. And so if we try and pursue that, first of all, we do ourselves a disservice. We also actually do our children a disservice. Now I'll get onto that just in a little bit, but just to focus on ourselves, we can't um, meet the needs of our children perfectly. We cannot be present for every single need. We can't always protect them from things. And indeed we don't actually want to protect them from things for, for reasons which I'll go into. But um, that kind of... Um, adoption of perfection in that realm oppresses us too. So, um, and I mean, I, I really have to, um, call this out here because me being here, um, as a recovering perfectionist, as a psychotherapist, giving you lots of information, I'm aware of the kind of the paradox that I'm also giving you stuff, which you may think you need to perfect. And so all of us, you have to kind of view through the lens of your own life, um, to hold it lightly and to notice does this does this resonate for me because otherwise we are then trying to uh, parent perfectly or heal perfectly i really used to want to um, be perfectly healed i used to want to have uh 
no rage, no anger, no envy, no sadness, no boredom. Um, I would sometimes say to my therapist, like, just like, what can I do? How can I, I, I kind of wanted to transcend my humanity, I guess. That's what I wanted to do. Um, somehow turn into like a Mother Teresa version of myself and not have to deal with like being triggered in daily life or um, fighting with my husband or fighting with my sisters or anything with my siblings or my brother or um, other family things or uh, challenges at work. I wanted to kind of optimize in all areas so that I wouldn't have to deal with this, but that's not that, that, that's impossible. And that's not what we're aiming for. We're, we're trying to be, we're trying to inhabit a real human space. So the whole point of this podcast is to help us. And I'm kind of smiling as I say this because I'm laughing at that childlike part of me who so desperately wants to get everything right and believes that her safety um, resides in that place of getting everything right. And I want to say that actually our safety resides in us being there to support ourselves and to tend to ourselves and to uh, soothe ourselves, to notice where we are in our nervous system, to notice what we might need as a result of that. And that perfection idea is so seductive. There's that kind of, it, it holds out this ideal that if we can just do that, it'll be okay. When really it sets us up to strive for something that's non-existent. So I really want to kind of say to you, I'm with you on this. If you as a perfectionist are listening to this and kind of have the same experience, yeah, I really want to kind of say I feel similar. So when we grow up in a family where we don't get our needs met, it's difficult for us to develop our own sense of self. If you think back to the earlier episodes around needs, we talked about how we have to actually develop our preferences, give ourselves a chance to investigate what we like. If meeting our needs was done in our family, we would have more likely had a process of developing a strong sense of self because we would have given, been given the opportunity to notice what we liked. We would have been encouraged to investigate that as part of our kind of everyday development. Instead, what happens for many of us is we live out our parents' projections. So we do what it is they determine that we should do or what they think is valuable. So what that means is that we grow up without the strong sense of self. And if with a, with a strong perfectionism driver, that means that you may, um, be swayed to different, um, ways of doing things and thinking that you need to do that perfectly. So part of this, um, tending to your needs is also learning about what's important to you, starting to live in alignment with your values, but you may not have any idea what those values are or what feels important to you. And so you can start to kind of look at this gently around your um, your parenting and this idea of changing, shifting patterns and, and shifting cycles in your family. Think about what does feel important for you? What, what sort of culture do you want in your family? Because you can take what you like from various different kind of avenues of parenting and you can leave the rest. This is all about keeping and developing your own ability to think critically about what works in your family, what works for your specific children. Considering things from all different angles, does this resonate for me? Is this true for me? Is this a good match for my family? So just kind of keep on holding that in mind. Also think about that with this podcast. So going back to this idea that when we are trying to um, shift patterns in our own family, we may think that we need to do that perfectly. 
we've talked about the fact that it's way too much pressure, that it can't be done in one generation. I will talk more about that specifically around the nervous system, but I want to kind of start off with a high level episode. One of the most important things to realize is that the way we build resilience is via this process of uh, rupture and repair. So everyone you're in a relationship, you will notice that if you are able to work through conflict in an open and loving way, and also in a a non-defensive way, you actually get closer to people. But many of us have been uh, raised in families where conflict was either avoided or it was so explosive that it's very, very scary. And we need to get more comfortable um, as parents, as perfectionists, as people trying to shift things with this idea that we can't get things perfect, that repair is essentially what helps us to grow. This starts from when we're tiny babies. Do you remember we talked about um, in the first couple of episodes about what good enough parenting looks like? And that um, Ed Tronick in his research found that um, in mother-baby dyads, um, so it was specifically mothers and babies, this research that he did in, in, the, la- in the laboratory, about two-thirds, about 70% of the time, they were not attuned. So um, a third of the time they were they were attuned. And what that means is that the rest of the time is coming back into attunement. So there's the um you can see that that all relationships have well that, that mother baby thing, they they have um rupture and it's important because the baby learns to tolerate that um that misattunement they learn to tolerate being out of contact with their 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 mum and or their primary caregiver um and they learn that they can survive that and that goes on all the way throughout our lives we learn okay we had a fight but i i i'm surviving this i can tolerate it and um in the context of a loving relationship Rupture and repair is really important because we learn to tolerate things we think we may not survive. So until we have that experience, we don't know we can survive that. So if we are constantly running ourselves ragged in our own homes to be, in inverted commas, a perfect mother or a perfect friend or a perfect partner or a perfect, um, perfect anything, we are actually often blocking any chances of rapture because we're trying to get everything so right. And why that's an issue is because we need the repair. The repair is how we get closer, how we, how we explain, Oh, I was really um, having a tricky day. And this is why I was having a tricky day. And I'm really sorry. We, we explain our impact. We, we'd start to deepen the awareness that we even have an impact. Um, and so this process of um, rupture and repair is really important I'm actually going to do a whole separate episode on this. Um, there's lots and lots in the child development literature about this, and I think it's really important just generally. But as perfectionists, we have to widen our window of tolerance, first of all, for actually even allowing the rupture to happen and tolerate the distress of having had that happen. So just please hold on to that headline that we develop our resilience in loving relationships by noticing that we can tolerate the rupture and then the repair gets done in a timely fashion. And as a parent, it's our responsibility to do that. Another thing I want to just say around um, when we're parenting children and we've come from a dysfunctional family is that you are not your child. And most importantly, your child is not you. 
So your child does not need to recover from your childhood. Often we can go around trying to be so protective of the child, trying to protect them from pain, but we cannot protect our children from all pain. We just can't. What we can do is provide them a strong, loving basis um, of support so that they always know they can come back um, all the way throughout their whole lifespan to us and that we will be there to support them and help them work through that pain. But we can't, us trying to block pain for them actually hampers their development. And I'm going to go into this in also a lot more detail, but those are really the headlines I want you to hold on to. Please go gently with yourself. We don't access change via criticizing ourselves. We access change by being able to be well-regulated enough to choose a different response in the moment. And that that doesn't come by endlessly beating up on ourselves. So notice how this sits with you. Notice if you've been putting a lot of pressure on yourself that you need to get everything right in your generation. Notice how it feels to kind of just breathe out and think that you are enough. I really want you to kind of start getting a sense of that and know that there are many people also trying to do this alongside you. So go go kindly about your day. Thanks for being here this week. You've been listening to Grow Yourself Up, hosted by Kath Cunahan. We'll be back next week with a new episode supporting you to better understand and tend to yourself for more heart-centered, connected, authentic, and resilient living. Thank you.